You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. Any great Christmas traditions out there? Cookies. Lots of cookies and cheese ball in the back. Yeah. If you haven't had a cheese ball, apparently Tony is the guy to talk to. Tony has lots of cheese balls available for eating. Any other good ones? Any other? No? Fixing Christmas lights on the big tree that are never supposed to go out every year. Every year. That's a fun one. Yeah, it's probably like build some patience. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Or you just get rid of the tree. Find a new one at auction. If you didn't know, he's a big auction guy. I'm trying. <laughs> awesome. Let me pray for us and we'll dig into God's word today. Uh, Lord Jesus, um, as we just look at the positions that you hold and God, who you are and um, what does that mean to our lives and how do we respond to who you are in our lives, um, God, just speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. Um, God, break down walls and barriers or things we haven't understood before so we can understand them. Um, God, speak truth in ways that we haven't heard before um, so we can completely grasp it. We love you. We pray these things in some precious name. Amen. So we've been in the middle of this series that we're calling He Shall Be Called. And we're looking at one verse in Isaiah and all the different positions and titles uh, that Jesus carries as he was carrying these into the world um, and what those titles mean for our lives and how do we respond to those titles. We started, of course, with Wonderful Counselor last week. Uh, uh, Noah brought us Mighty God. And this week, let me read our verses and we'll, we'll keep going uh, in these titles. But this is Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 6. Isaiah bringing some hope to some hopeless people. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. As I was reading this uh, this week, prepping for this message, I was just taken away of how complex Jesus really is. Like in two short verses, he's called a child, he's called a son, a ruler that's going to, that's going to, to rule over the authorities and the governments of this world. We, we see his wonder on display. He's full of wisdom. He's the counselor. We see powerful God in all his glory. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I think oftentimes with complex things, it, it kind of makes us a little bit nervous. If we don't fully understand it, we, we get a little bit shaky around those things. But as I was like pondering this idea, how complex Jesus really is, and, and, and that he's all of these things at once, um, not just at his birth, through, but throughout all time, I was just taken back of like, that's the kind of God I need. Like, I don't need a simple God. I don't need a God that can be explained in, in a simple sentence. I don't need a God that, that, that I could you know, put in a little box and, and take with me. I need a complex big God. I need a God that's a little bit scary, that's got a little bit of risk. I need a God that can handle whatever life throws at me, as big as it may feel to me. I need to know he's bigger. I need to know a complex God. And that's really what this series is about, as we look at, at who Jesus is and these positions, these titles that he holds, is we, we want to look at the complexity of who Jesus is and put our hope in him. 
And this week, we're, we're going to continue on, and we're going to look at the fact that, that Jesus is the everlasting Father. Always was, always will be. Right? The Hebrew writer tells us that Jesus um, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's hard to wrap our head around that. Right? We, we, are, we are finite beings. We have a beginning, and we have an end. But Jesus always was. Jesus was at creation. Jesus was at his resurrection. Jesus is going to be continuing to, to live on and reign well beyond our existence, at least here on earth. He just always was. And there's power in that, or at least there's, there's confidence that we can have in that truth. That there's no one like him, that, that he isn't going to be changing. He isn't going to be one God one day and a different God the next. He's always going to be consistent. He's always going to deal with us in the same fashion and in the same way. And I think oftentimes when, when we hear things like that, we go, but what about the God of the Old Testament? He's the same God. God is still just. Jesus is still just. And there will be judgment for all of us. The beautiful thing about those that know Jesus as Lord and Savior is recovered by his blood and his forgiveness. We don't experience the justice that we rightfully deserve. Because he took care of it. But he's everlasting. He's always going to be. There's nothing that's going to surprise him. There's nothing that's going to be beyond him. There's nothing that he's going to be like, oh, this is too big for me. No, he's stable. He's consistent. And I was thinking about this idea of Jesus being everlasting father and thinking of just fathers in general. And what does a good dad look like in our own lives? And maybe some of us had great dads. I've been blessed with two. Not in that way, but I'm a dad and a stepdad. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. And I've been blessed with, with, great, with great dads. Now they have their flaws. But I was, I was blessed. And maybe you weren't, and dad and father is a, that's a term we like to run away from. We're not talking about humanly fathers. We're talking about the perfect God. Perfect father. The one who always cares, always protects. The one who's always there, always the safe place. And I was thinking about that idea of being father, of, of God being our father, Jesus being in this place of, of protection. And I thought I started thinking about my own father. Now, my dad passed away about a year and a half ago. And before he passed away, I remember having this thought, and thankfully I had the opportunity to share it with him, but... Um, I have lots of fond memories of my dad, but one of those fond memories when I was a kid, little, um, he used to like to take naps on the couch. And that was like his thing to do. My dad always took naps. My favorite thing to do when my dad was taking naps was to get up in his arms and lay with him. Now, my dad might have been annoyed because he was probably trying to take a nap. He's human. But for his kid, that was my safe place. That was the place that I got to remember that I was his. And not only that, I'm a splitting image of them. But that's the place where I felt protected and cared for. That's the place that felt, that felt safe and home, is laying in his arms. And that's the type of father that, that we have in Jesus. This God that is never going to change, that always was and always will be this way for his children. If we look at, at who God is or what a good father looks like, I think there's, there's two big things we can take away from Jesus being in this place. The first one is, like any good father, at least biological father, gives life. I like that. Uh, now we know how dads give life. We won't get into all that. Uh, but 
There's a life that Jesus gives with his life. Right? We go all the way back to the beginning of time. We see Adam is, is the beginning of creation. He's the father of creation. He sinned and created a, a, a separation between us and God, right? That sin virus continued on throughout generation to generation, and we continued on in it. But Jesus came as a new father, the perfect father, lived this life in a perfect way, interacted with humanity in the perfect, most perfect way possible so he could become the new father to this new life. Jesus has this conversation with the Pharisee um, during his life here on earth, uh, is this Pharisee name was Nicodemus, and he talks to Nicodemus about this idea of you have to be reborn. Right? You've been born of the flesh, but you need to be born of the Spirit. We come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and, and Paul tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he died and rose again, that we shall be saved. And when we become saved, we become a new creation. That the old is gone and the new is now come. We have a new life which means we have a new way of looking at this life and, and functioning in this life and viewing this life. He brings in change. He brings in a better way of doing things. I'm going to read these verses to you. I don't think they'll be on the screen because I don't think I ever made slides for them. But this is Paul speaking to Titus in Titus 3. It says this, At one time you, were, you too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy and hated and were being hated and hating one another. But, but when the kindness and love of God, of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he had poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus, our Savior. So we've been justified by His grace, and we might become heirs of the having hope for eternal life. We've been renewed by the Holy Spirit. We're, we're new creations, meaning the old operating system that we used to function by, we now play by new rules, bigger rules, not rules to keep us to keep us you know pushed down, but rules to set us free. Rules to watch what God can do if we just choose to trust Him. That now we serve a God and have a connection, restored relationship back to a God that has the ability to do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. This is the God that Noah talked about last week that stopped time so His, his, his armies could continue to fight. This is the God that brings others back from the dead. This is the God that brought Himself back from the dead. This is the God that we, we see this power that we now have access to because he's created the new system. This means I can love even when that person's really hard to love. That means I can keep showing up and keep, keep doing the things that God has called me to do even when I'm tired and exhausted. God will still bless it and work through it. This is the beauty of this new operating system. This is the beauty of the new life. That I can have peace in all circumstances regardless of the chaos that's going around me and the heartache that I felt that my God is still in control because he's given me this new life. He gives me a new perspective, a way to look at this life, to, to experience the fullness of it all. Being Christ and in Christ alone, he's made it possible that a blind man can have new sight, to have sight and have a new life. The person who is out to harm the church and destroy the church 
became one of the greatest witnesses for the church. He made it possible for the tax collector who was hated by his own family because of his sin to become a follower of him and learn how to love. He made it possible for the woman who was, the woman who was caught in her sin to find forgiveness and new life. He made it possible for the religious person to stop trusting in their own goodness and start trusting on his. He made it possible for the devout atheist to become the believer. And he made it possible for a person who seems to have everything, see that they have nothing apart from Christ. This new life gives us the ability to see what life could be, the hope that we could have, the ways in which we are doing it wrong, the ways in which we are causing harm, the ways in which that, that it just wasn't working, that the new way of working, a new way of engaging people, a new way of loving God and loving his creation. Beyond our ability, beyond our, 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 our own skill sets, Jesus is the only one who gives new life. Let's keep going. Like a good father, Jesus also provides and cares. Last week, Noah talked about knowing or about mighty God and this position that Jesus carries. And knowing about Jesus being the mighty God, knowing there's nothing that can stop him, that all power exists inside of him, that without him, there is no power in this world. He carries it all, and he's more than capable of providing for us and for caring for us. But this idea of everlasting father takes it a step further. It's not only that he can, but that he's willing to, just like a good father does. He's willing to provide for you. We could sit around this room and tell story after story of how God has provided for us. Provided the most, you know, provided peace in the, in the darkest of places. Provided hope when, when I just felt like I couldn't go on one more day. When life felt like it was crumbling around me, he brought the right person at the right time. Because that's who God is. Or when the bills were piling up and we were begging God for intervention, he intervened. He brought community around you to support you, to encourage you, and to point you back to him. When you thought that job wasn't going to come through and, and you got no after no, he provided the best job that you could have. This is who he is and this is what he does. If we just trust in his ways and follow his plans, we get to watch our hope just be fulfilled. Not just for the next life, but for this life. And even when, when, when life throws us curveballs and the enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy you, God is there to combat it. So you can hold on to it, that hope. Because that's what a good father does. Giving you every opportunity that you need to succeed. Right? This is who God is. And some of those lessons, some of those lessons are hard. They're hard to learn. We've got to get hit a couple of times before he's like, hey, you're going to just listen to me. Trust me. But he's going to give you every opportunity to make those decisions to get to that place. I was watching a video this week on, on Twitter or whatever it's called now because I spent a lot of time, got rid of all the other social medias, and now I just watch Twitter videos all day long. <clears throat> but I was watching this video. And, oh, sorry, X. X, not Twitter. 
whatever. Uh, it's a dumb name. Uh, sorry, Elon. Um, but uh, there's this video of it's a it's a dad and his daughter um, fishing, and the daughter's young. She's probably eight, nine, ten, uh, and she catches this what eventually you learn in the video a massive fish, and she's struggling to reel it in. And over and over again, she tries to hand the rod off to her dad, and her dad's like, "No, you got this." Like, you can do this. And he's talking her and coaching her through it on what to do next, what to do next. And she's like trying to give up the rod. And over and over, he's like, no, you've got this. You can do this. And eventually reels this fish in. And the excitement on this kid's face when he pulls the fish out of the water. She's like, I, I did it. Like, I'm about to cry over and over again. Because she's just so excited of, of what her dad did for her. And similarly, this is what God does for us. Struggle in our life is not a bad thing. Oftentimes it's in the midst of struggle, it's the midst of difficult seasons that God gets us to that next place or that next phase. We're able to take on bigger and grander things. We're able to to, to see even bigger things done through our faith because he let us struggle a little bit. In the midst of that struggle, we find perseverance and eventually we find hope. Just like a good father does. This father that's never going to change. Paul told the Philippians, and my God will meet your every need according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus being our our everlasting father provides us wisdom in tough situations, provides, provides us guidance throughout life, provides us comfort in the midst of heartbreak, Provides us our our basic needs of food, clothing, and support. Provides us opportunity after opportunity to make a real difference with our lives. Provides us community to support us. He answers our prayers and provides healing. He breaks down the walls and opens our minds to truth. And he gives us strength even when we feel like we can't go on. Like a good father does. He's your biggest cheerleader. He's wanting to see the best for you and the most for you in this life. But oftentimes, we take that God that's complex and big, we put him in our pocket as a little tool to help us get through this life. Rather than letting Jesus be the Jesus that we know, the Jesus full of power, the Jesus full of wisdom, And the Jesus that has the ability to transform and change everything about your life. But the problem is we keep trying to do it on our own. Like we can have services like this and series like this where we talk about the positions that, that God, you know, that Jesus takes on and the, the, the titles that he is that are true of him. But it's how we respond to those things that are going to make the difference. See, I could walk out of here and be like, mm, that was nice. Jesus is, Jesus is that awesome. He is an everlasting Father. He does care for me. Or Jesus is a mighty God. He can do anything. But it's how our life changes because of those truths that those things are really going to have an impact. And I think all of these messages that we go through it are going to come back to the same place because God creates new life. Because God provides and cares, he's trustworthy. And even we talked about it as he's the the wise, wonderful counselor, or he's the mighty God, we can trust him. 
But trust isn't an idea or a belief. Trust is an action. Trust means I take risk. Trust means that even when it doesn't make sense, I keep going in the direction he's calling me to go. That even when it's hard, I keep getting up and doing what he's asked me to do. That's trust. That's where faith increases and grows. And the reality is we all have places in our life right now where we're not trusting God. I don't believe he's mighty enough. I don't believe he's everlasting or big enough or powerful enough. I don't believe that he cares enough about me. I don't believe he's going to provide. So we take the reins back. And our everlasting father just smiles and nods. He's like, hey, there's a better way. Let me guide you. Let me show you. Trust me with everything. I know your bank account's low, and I know I'm asking you to give. Trust me. I know that person seems really scary and kind of a pain, but trust me in how you love him. Watch what I can do. I know they've hurt you, but forgive them. Watch what I can do. Trust me. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in this life, but you want to see life change. You want to see God do some pretty incredible things in your life. They're only going to happen if we trust him. Right? We can't ask God to do big things and then just be like, hey, God, you go do them over there. Once you're all done with your work, I'll walk over and be like, wow, God, you're so awesome. That's not how it works. He said, no, take this baby step. Got it? Have it down? Awesome. Now take this baby step. Feel, feel a little more confident? Okay, take this baby step. Watch what I can do. If we just had the faith to trust. He is the wonderful counselor, full of wisdom in all his glory. He is the mighty God that all power comes from. And he is the everlasting father who deeply loves his children and wants to do anything and everything he possibly can for them so they will succeed in this life. Not succeed by human standards, but succeed by eternal standards. The things that put the treasures in heaven. The things we're able to walk away and say, man, look what Jesus has done. And for us here at Hill City, it's this neighborhood. It's how do we love this neighborhood well in such a way that we can bring the gospel to this place and bring hope as well. But in our own lives, this is true as well. My guess is there's areas popping up in your head right now of areas you're not trusting God. You're taking care of it yourself. And you're wondering why you keep hitting a wall. He's saying, just trust him. Watch what he can do. It's a scary journey. It feels like you're jumping off a cliff. Those are all normal feelings. But watch what he can do. He is the one that creates new life in us because of his sacrifice. He is the one that provides and care for, cares for us because he deeply loves us. So our response to him should be, trust him. Trust him with every aspect of our lives. Trust him uh, to lead our lives. Trust him to do what he said is true. Trust him. Uh, trust the direction that he sends you, even if it doesn't make sense. And trust that he brings completion the dreams that he has provided. Let me read this. <clears throat> uh, this is Paul wrote to the, uh, the Romans in his letter uh, in chapter 8. It says, For I am convinced, this is Paul talking, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither the height nor the depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us 
from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me pray for us. God, we know that this whole life is about learning how to trust you. God, we trust you for our salvation. We trust you uh, for our eternity. And God, we want to trust you in this life so we can see all the ways that we can impact others' lives by you working through us. God, trust for a lot of us is scary. Trust for a lot of us is, is really difficult and hard. God, there's ways and lies that we've believed and, and things that have happened to us that we hold on to. God, that are keeping us from fully trusting you. God, bring healing to those places. Bring confidence to our souls. And God, build inside of us such a faith that we're ready to take on the world for you. Regardless of what resources we have, regardless of what skill sets we have, God, if you call this to it, you're going to see it through. Thank you for being our everlasting Father. Thank you for loving us like no one else could. Thank you for providing and caring for us. Thank you for your salvation, your, your death and resurrection. Thank you that if we call you Lord, we also get to call you friend and father. You're a good God. And because of that, you could deserve our great praise. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.